This is Wisdom Wednesday, episode number 17. Welcome to The Marriage Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Price, international marriage interventionist and best-selling co-author of Success Breakthroughs. On this show, I provide innovative solutions for marital success by focusing on personal development and relationship transformation. Every week, I'll be talking with thought leaders from around the world and will be providing your weekly dose of wisdom so you can catapult yourselves to marital success and true life fulfillment. I ask you to love one another, encourage and support each other, and live with passion. Are you ready? Here we go. Today, I'm talking about arguments, conflict, and how to fight the right way because It's inevitable. We're human beings. We're going to fight. We're going to argue and disagree. Sometimes we allow ourselves to become so emotionally invested in a heated argument that it becomes this full-fledged fight. I'm talking knockdown, drag-out fights like Holyfield versus Tyson, minus the punches and violence, hopefully, but with the same amount of passion. And sometimes there's a not-so-healthy dose of hostility thrown in there. Fighting in marriage, although it is inevitable, it can cause great damage if both partners are not well-schooled in conflict management, also in self-discipline, forgiveness, and compromise. Handling conflict the right way is an art. It's a skill, if you will, and you can learn it at just about any point in your life. It's never too late. If you desire and if you're willing to put forth the effort in learning, then you can learn how to handle conflict successfully. Fighting the right way involves a few things. And when I say fighting the right way, what I really mean is just knowing how to handle conflict because conflict is going to occur all the time. It's part of life, even on a daily basis sometimes. So you just want to learn how to handle conflict in a really healthy and successful way. That's what I mean when I say fighting the right way. And doing this involves several things. It involves preventing big blow-up fights. It involves staying focused, having fruitful conversations, and developing what I call a post-argument ritual. It's not necessarily a reward for having had an argument or a fight, but it is a ritual that signals that this conflict is over and now we can move forward in peace. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So I'm going to give you tips on how to do each one of these today. All right, so let's dive in. Number one, I want to talk about preventing big blow-ups. All right, big blow-ups are 100% unnecessary and they almost always create more trouble than you had to even begin with. Preventing a big blow-up is one key component to the success of fostering healthy communication and healthy connection. Allowing things to fester until one or both of you blow up is communication and marital suicide. You become a ticking time bomb, right? Now, there's different forms of how people hold things in. Some people like to deal with conflict immediately. That can come off as aggressive. Other people are more like a volcano where 
It just kind of rumbles around underneath for a long time. It gets hotter and hotter and hotter. More pressure builds as more pressure builds. And then all of a sudden, like a volcano, you explode, right? And then there's people who classify themselves more as like a hurricane or even a tsunami. It's like it's like brewing out there in the sea and it comes in with this big mass of force and then just as quickly as it came in, it's gone again. Very much like a volcano, right? But then there's other people who tend to handle conflict a little more reasonably and what I feel is, is in a more healthy way. And that's what this whole talk today is about. It's going to teach you how to not be a volcano or a tsunami, but how to just be a little bit of a rainstorm every now and then instead of that once a year massive hurricane or massive volcano. All right. How we do all of this is by preventing these big blowups. And how to do that, I've got a couple of tips for you to prevent big blowups. Number one tip, don't let things build up. What I mean, if you do, it's going to escalate in your mind, all right? So instead of handling it right away or going to your partner and saying, honey, I'm a little uncomfortable with such and such. Can we please talk about it whenever the time is good for you, right? You don't want to just spring things on people. You want to sit, you want to set up a time. You don't want to wait a week, but if you have to wait a few hours or till the next day, that's reasonable. But You don't want it to let it just sit in your mind for a week or longer because that's when things tend to escalate in your mind until you get to a point where you can't take it anymore. And at that point, you have either little or no self-control and you find yourself acting out in ways that sometimes baffle even you. You sit there and you wonder, like, why am I acting like this? Why am I so angry? Why can't I control myself more? It's because you've bottled things up. Bottling things up within you and not expressing yourself in a healthy way as things arise, that's what's so unhealthy and that does not produce successful communication. So tip number one to prevent big blowups is do not let things build up. Tip number two to prevent a big blowup is to confront things immediately. Now, that does not mean that you confront your spouse the very moment something happens, especially if other people are around because you never really want to confront your spouse or your children, coworkers, family members, friends. You really don't want to confront anyone in front of anyone else, right? You want to confront people in privacy. Confronting someone in front of other people can, number one, be embarrassing to them and ultimately to you as well. They will lose trust in you and it's going to make the people around you super uncomfortable and they'll actually lose trust and respect in you as well. So wait until you're in private and have adequate time to discuss the matter. So if you know that both of you are getting ready to part ways in five minutes to go to work or a meeting or meet people for dinner, whatever it is, don't bring it up at that time. You can say, look, I want to talk to you about something. Now is not the right time. How about after dinner or when you get home from work or whenever and set up a time. Sometimes it is great to allow both of you some time to calm down and to process what's happened and then to determine what exactly needs to be talked about. So remember with this, timing is everything. Allowing 10 minutes or five minutes for a talk isn't always enough, at least not until you've mastered the art of conflict, right? And the art of conflict does take some time and it 
definitely takes practice. So set aside adequate time for your conversation. I would say maybe 20 minutes and put a time limit on it and say, okay, at the end of 20 minutes, if this is not resolved, we're going to take a break and then come back later. But hold your conversation as soon as reasonably possible. Okay, that's tip number two. Now, tip number three for preventing a big blow up is to create a fight board. And yes, you heard that right. Some people have vision boards or a goal board, right? Or a life board. Well, I'm asking you to create a fight board. Might sound crazy, but it works. My clients love them. They get great results. Now, this is what it is. I recommend this to everyone that I work with. It's most beneficial for diffusing arguments and helping produce fruitful conversations and solutions. So here's how you do it. You buy a small poster board. You draw a vertical line top to bottom down the middle of the board. Each of you claims one side, all right? So one person on the left and the other one of you on the right. At the top, write down your mission statement for your marriage. Now, your mission statement is something that together, the two of you sit down and you create. When you develop this beautiful mission statement for your marriage, for your family, for your life, write that at the top, not through the line. So you really want to start the line a couple of inches below the top. So you want to write your mission statement all across the top. And then under your mission statement, create that vertical line right under the mission statement all the way down the middle to the bottom of the board. All right. And then one person on the left, one person on the right. In the middle, you want to write down all the things that you're grateful for, that you love about your spouse, that you admire, okay? That's what you wanna do like in the middle of it, right? And then in the bottom part of the board on each side, you're gonna list a few words that inspire you to be a better wife or to be a better husband. So let me just recap this. At the very top of your board, you're gonna have your mission statement. Under that, you're going to draw a vertical line all the way down to the bottom. One of you has the left side, one of you has the right side, And then in your respective sides, what you're going to want to do is in the middle part of the poster board, you're going to make a list of all the things that you love, adore, and admire and are grateful for about your spouse. And then under that, you're going to list just a couple of words that inspire you to be a better husband or a better wife. Okay, so that's how you create the board. Now, what do you do with that board? When you feel an argument coming on, immediately refuse to discuss whatever it is and commit to referring to your fight board and resume the discussion after you have that fight board in front of you, all right? Now, if you're traveling, if you're out and about, it's helpful to take a picture of it and keep it stored in your phone somewhere so you always have it with you, right? But if possible, have the fight board right in front of you. So pull it out, whether it's the actual fight board itself or a picture if you're traveling, pull it out and then you're gonna take turns reading out loud what's on your board, all right? So together, read your mission statement out loud at the same time together. And then take turns, read each other's beautiful characteristics and gifts that you love and admire about the other. So for example, husband will read out loud all of the beautiful characteristics that you love, admire, and respect about your partner. And then after you read them out loud, then the wife can read hers out loud about him, vice versa. This works for all relationships. It doesn't matter if you are same sex. It doesn't matter if you're dating, engaged, or married, or long-term relationship. This fight board really works. Okay, so read those out loud. Take turns. 
And then after you read those, then read those words that inspire you to be a better person and read those out loud. Take turns again. You want to read those words that inspire you to be a better husband or spouse, read those out loud. Now, when you're done reading from the fight board, sit down beside each other close enough to have body contact and hold hands, both of your hands, all right? And then make a lot of eye contact, take a couple of deep breaths, maybe breathe in and out together so you're in unison, and then tell each other what you love about each other. And then proceed with discussing whatever you need to talk about. You'll be surprised at how this changes your state from a place of pain and fear and anger and other negative emotions to a place of hope and love and desire to actually work together as a team, all right? Fight boards, very, very, very powerful. So try that out, all right? The next tip for preventing big blow-up fights is to stay focused, Staying focused is a very specific topic at hand. Whatever it is you're arguing about, fighting about, hurt feelings about, whatever, you want to stay focused on that specific topic. Never, ever, ever stack experiences. Now, what do I mean by that? Stacking is when you add multiple past issues to the current situation at hand. The only time stacking is appropriate is if you are gently trying to point out a pattern that you see either in yourself or in your spouse. And even in this situation, if you're pointing out a pattern in your spouse, you need to be really, really careful. You want to be very gentle, very loving, non-aggressive, non-confrontational, right? You want to present that as gently as possible. But back to focusing. You want to stay focused. You've got to make the commitment to focus on the one issue at hand and use the necessary self-control to not sidetrack or start discussing other topics because that is just going to breed more frustration and more exhaustion. So staying focused on what you're arguing over and not going down other rabbit holes, that's what's going to allow you both the freedom from fear that this current conversation is going to turn into this long verbal vomit session that breeds hurt and attacks and resentment and ultimately no resolution. So stay focused. That's going to remove the pressure and the dread of future conversations. And it allows you both to enter the conversation on a more positive and hopeful note. Now, I know I just threw out a lot at you. I hope that makes sense. But I think just from a common sense perspective, you can understand where if staying focused on the one particular thing at hand that you're arguing about, if you can maintain that discipline and self-control, it's going to make future discussions with your partner easier. They're going to be more willing to talk to you about whatever it is you want to talk about if they know it's going to be short and to the point. But if they have any any fear or idea that you're going to go on and on and on and on and then end up bringing up 10 other things, of course they're not going to want to talk to you. Of course they're going to start stonewalling. So you've got to stay focused. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is having fruitful conversations that actually yield positive results. All right. The best way to ensue fruitful conversations is by incorporating a few positive elements into your discussion and leaving a few negative elements out. You don't have to bring up every single negative thing that you think about, no matter how important you might think it is. You don't have to bring them all up. It's just not necessary. The positive elements that you want to incorporate are things like compromise, taking responsibility for yourself, 
remaining polite and being respectful, being appreciative, and believe it or not, being soothing to your partner. All right, you can handle conflict while soothing your partner. It is possible. You just have to train yourself to be conscious of it and do it. The negative elements that you want to abandon are things like blame, judgment, and negativity. All right? No one ever wants to be blamed. Usually if you're blaming your spouse, you're full of ego, you're full of pride because it's easier to blame your spouse than it is yourself. It actually feels better to blame your spouse than it does to blame yourself. Like we all know that's a thing, okay? But what I'm telling you is you're going to have to stop at some point and blame yourself hold yourself accountable, all right? Because that's going to make your partner want to step up and say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to hold myself accountable for this, this, and this. And you're going to apologize much more quickly and make up, right? And also come to some kind of conclusion. You want to leave judgment out of it. No one likes to be judged. You're not God, so don't try to be, okay? And you want to leave negativity out of it as well, because the, the whole focus here is to be positive, create a positive outcome, and be on each other's team, okay? So I want to look at each one really quickly. Compromise, first of all, you want to step back and look at the overall picture, like the bird's eye view. Is it that important? First of all, whatever you're fighting over, ask yourself, is it really that important? Is it really going to matter next week, next month, in 10 years? Realize that happy relationships contain lots of compromise on both people's parts, all right? Next is taking responsibility for you. You know, use statements like, I share some of the responsibility here because blah, 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 and then fill in the blank and let them know how you contributed to the breakdown in communication or connection or the situation, whatever it is at hand. Always hold yourself accountable and verbalize that to your partner, okay? And then you want to remain polite. I'm not talking formal like you're talking to the Queen of England, but you do want to use please and thank you and things like sentences like, I would appreciate it if blah, blah, blah. You can start sentences with I instead of you, because when you start a sentence with you, it sounds very aggressive and it puts people on the defense. I statements saying, I feel this and I'm confused and I would appreciate it. I statements are more polite, they're less critical, and they definitely won't put your listener on the defensive, all right? Now, there are a few things that will make a person more defensive than you statements. Very, very few other things in the world that make your partner more defensive than saying, you never do this, you always blah, blah, blah. You know, when you start things off with you, you can see how defensive people are going to get. Yikes. Stay away from that. Use I statements instead. Remember, please, thank you. I would appreciate it if blah, blah, blah. Use as many I statements as possible. Okay. Next up is to be respectful. This seems like it should be common sense, but it's not because when you interrupt your spouse, that's not being respectful. When you talk over your spouse, that's not being respectful. So never, ever, ever interrupt and no name calling you know you're an adult there's no need to revert back to you know seventh and eighth grade name calling when we were in grade school if this is you if you tend to name call it's time to grow up put on your maturity pants and be an adult your partner will be really really grateful and believe it or not you'll feel better too all right next up is to be appreciative recognize 
what you appreciate in your partner and verbalize that. You can't just recognize it and be grateful for it in your heart. Very, very important to do, sure, but you really need to verbalize it as well because everyone, I don't care what your love language is and if words of affirmation are at the bottom of the list, people still need to hear from their spouse what they are appreciated for. When you can dish out appreciation verbally, this is going to build your partner up during difficult conversations, and it eases the sting of anything negative that they might feel. It always eases the sting, okay? Next up is to soothe yourself and soothe your partner. You've got to learn each other's push buttons. Some people call them triggers, but learn what those push buttons and triggers are and avoid them at all costs. On the flip side, know what soothes yourself and know what soothes your partner and cater to that. You guys both should be catering to each other. So be soothing even in the middle of conflict. That is really going to foster a very beautiful, very deep, and very strong connection. The next thing you want to do is avoid blame. It is possible to complain without blaming. And the way you do this is by stating a positive need. Here's an example. Here's how I feel about blah, 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 a specific situation, a specific act or a statement that they made. And then you follow that up with, and here's what I need. And what you want to do is keep what you need and how you feel. You want to keep it positive, meaning don't tell your spouse what you do not need. You want to keep it positive and tell them only what you do need because that when you say I don't need you to do this this and this that is indirectly an accusation it becomes accusatory and they're going to go on the defense okay so you want to keep it positive and tell them what you do need that's how you complain without blame make sense okay next thing is to abandon judgment all right again You're not God, so don't try to be. It's not your place to judge. What you should do is just simply describe what is happening without placing judgment on your partner or the situation. You can communicate what you see, and you can say things in a way that will prevent your partner from feeling attacked, all right? That's how you abandon judgment. It starts in your heart. It transfers into your mind and like how you think, what you believe, and that's going to transfer through your actions and your reactions and the things that you say to your partner. So get rid of judgment. You're not here to judge your spouse. You're here to encourage them, to support them, and to love them, not judge. Next up is to nix negativity. No one likes to be around a negative person. Have you ever noticed that negative people they're not even happy being with themselves, right? If you find yourself going to a negative place, stop and think about all the things that you have to be grateful for. It's called an attitude of gratitude. When you're in a state of gratitude, you literally can't have complaints. When you're in a state, and I'm, I'm talking a true state of gratitude, all you feel is gratitude and joy. You don't have time, you don't have, you don't have the energy or the focus to think on something negative or what it is you want to complain about. Science has even proven this through different studies that when you are in a complete state of gratitude, you cannot be negative. So 
do a gratitude exercise every day. I start out in the mornings with something called Priming by Tony Robbins. You can find it on YouTube. You can also find it on his website, TonyRobbins.com. But that's how I start my every day. It's with an exercise, a meditation exercise called Priming. You can actually involve prayer in it if you are a prayerful person, if you have a religious affiliation. You can bring prayer into that if you want to. If you don't want to, it can be just a gratitude and goal meditation. So check it out. But gratitude is the way to nix negativity. Next topic here, I want you to develop a post-argument ritual. Now, this isn't necessarily a reward for having had a fight, but it's something to signal that it's over. All right. So create a ritual that will foster peace and love and connection. Celebrate this ritual after every argument or conflict, all right? What this does is it signals to your brain, to your body, to your nervous system, and to your spirit that the argument is over, and this frees your heart, mind, and soul. It frees you from worry. It's a great release, and your body will physically calm down when you experience this. If you do this ritual every single time, then what you'll find is that you start to calm down easier and quicker, if that makes sense, all right? It will really calm down your nervous system and it will help you move forward towards healing and moving on more easily and more quickly. So in short, it just will help you let everything go, okay? Fighting in marriage, obviously it's inevitable. It's not normal. We shouldn't fight, but people do. Even the happiest, most successful couples are going to experience conflict of some sort. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to fight. Once you get good at all these things, you actually won't fight anymore, like not at all. You'll still have conflict, but you won't fight and you won't argue because you'll know how to handle it better. So what's important is trusting each other's intentions, maintaining respect and love, and fostering a very healthy communication. Learning how to fight right or to handle conflict in a successful way, it definitely takes practice and time, but it's very well spent, your time. And it's also energy well spent too. So you really want to focus on this, practice it, learn how to do it, all right? So now what I want you to do today, here's your action for the day, is to go create your fight board, okay? Go do that. Listen to this podcast again if you need to, to learn how to create that again. Take notes, write it down, and get to work. But go create that fight board. Above all, just be kind and loving and gentle to one another. All right? That wraps up this episode on how to fight right. If you love the show as much as I love making it, please rate, review, subscribe, leave me a five-star review, share this with family and friends, text it to them, screenshot it, whatever, just get it into hands of more people and let's change lives together. Let's spread the love, okay? And listen, don't forget to find me on social media, please, 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 and tell me what subject you want me to discuss here on the show. So head over to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, just come find me and leave me a note because I really would love your suggestions. And if you want to check the show notes from today's episode, you can find them at themarriageshow.com. You can listen to all my other episodes there as well. Until next time, love one another. (laughs) 